GG No Re, we're back. Back with another episode of quality internet RPG related content. Mm. Mm. Hmm. Huh? Hmm. Huh? We've been teasing you. <laughs> We've been holding it back. But here it come. Long time coming. Here come that episode. <laughs> it's, it's coming now. <laughs> Roll Tide or now. Mm. This is an episode in which I, Daniel, proposed various topics that I've selected beforehand. Not elaborated on, I'm not interpreting them for you. I'm proposing these blindly to the other hosts, and we are going to respond, roll tide or nah, depending on how we feel about those topics. If you wish, you may raise your hand and elaborate. Otherwise... <laughs> Wait, raise, raise your hand? Yes. <laughs> Otherwise, we will simply proceed after a simple roll tide or gnaw to the next topic. <laughs> okay. So, Do, for instance, Are we going to respond in unison or go around the table? Uh, it'll be in unison. Okay. <clears throat> Do, wait, this is wait. great because like because we we have not really looked at the list. I think I looked at it initially like a month ago. I know I have not looked no, at the list. Uh, there is no prep whatsoever, no thought. No, you'd have to be able to edit blog posts on our website to be able to look at it. It's oh, like a game Jim show, can, but yes, uh, it's like a game show. Oh, I thought or maybe you put something in the in no. Discord at one point. Well, do you guys want to go around the table and say it? If we had a yeah, let's do that. That'll okay. be quick. Okay, we won't do it in unison. Okay. And then no, I thought unison would be good. Okay. And then if somebody disagrees, then unison we can reaction. we can interrogate that. Yeah. Okay, we'll do it in unison. You'll sense if it's mixed, like, we'll, we'll see you it. can hear it. Yeah. And if it's in unison, it's very clear. Because this is an audio product, you will be able to hear it as well, dear listener. Are you guys ready for Roll Thunder or not? Do you have any questions? Can we call ourselves? I will, I will do a visual countdown. And on three, on the third digit erecting, you your will fingers. say your response. Okay. Can we be ah. called the Crimson Council? <laughs> no. No. What is it? I, 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 I fear that we oh. I this this isn't cultural appropriation. I mean we actually do live in the South. We don't necessarily have southern accents, but We can. <laughs> Bro, My parents have very strong southern accents. I come from <laughs> Born so, and raised Birmingham. Am I the only one that's uh, not from Birmingham area? Yeah. Mm. I technically was born in Atlanta and lived there till I was twelve and then moved here. Okay. Practice yeah, but you're still, you're still in the still south. Still south. Yeah. yeah. Dirty south. You sound like such a I Yankee, guess. though. Um, my yeah. father is from Albany, New oh. York. Oh. From New York. <laughs> but then he moved to Albany, Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> Do they really say it like that? You're, you're no. They, 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 my family does not say it like that, but no. maybe some of their extended family do. Hmm. To Albany? Nikki's, Nikki's Albany, family. Georgia. My wife's family lives in It's so in perfect. Albany. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Roll side. Yeah. Or not. No. no. Let's no. start with Al- Albany, no. Georgia. No. 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 Okay. You don't want to go around the parts. <laughs> There's not much there. I'm, I'm, yeah. Nope. My grandmother nope. still lives there. <laughs> All right. Well, that's how it works. Uh, <laughs> we're we're going to see how far we get. I don't think we need the countdown. I don't. We don't need the countdown. <laughs> You're, right. You're right. It'll work. It's still natural. Roll tight or nah? Tieflings. No. Nah. Roll tight. Mm. What is tiefling? <laughs> babe, he's a yeah. baby! Yeah, oh. yeah I see what? Oh, that's he's cute. A... No, no. He's a baby. He's no. a baby. <laughs> this podcast is for everyone who knows everything. <laughs> All right. Tieflings are These like... These are tieflings. They're like devil people. They have oh. tails. They're like all the Tumblr kids love them. Roll time. <laughs> <laughs> See, you're you're definitely like strong in the millennial camp. So of course you love tieflings. I've got a member. So tieflings, <laughs> I believe, came out in two E as a monster race. Of course, two E, right? Of course, yeah. And then fourth edition made them a playable PC race mm-hmm. by default in the mm-hmm. PHB. No, I wouldn't mm-hmm. want it to be playable. Yeah, so that's that's what I mean is tiefling as a playable race. No, I say roll tide. I think uh, I think you roll tide too. Raise my hand okay. to elaborate. Yes. Okay. Um, I think it, there's a, a lot of really cool, fun, dynamic, and and um, drama that you can put into your your character and your role play. It's just like naturally, without even having to really think about it or have a background or anything. It's just really easy to have a to have. I'm going through a whirlwind of emotions because I was focusing on all the positives, then all the negatives, and now I think I want to ask Daniel why. So unprofessional. Five lashes. (laughs) (laughs) I believe that gets a gnaw. (laughs) 
Why does Daniel say Roll Tide? That's interesting. I, 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 I can weigh in on the negative, too, before we'll hear Daniel's counterpoint here. I, I feel like if you're a tiefling in, in most of these campaigns, uh, so, so most have a, a, an admixture that's low in tiefling, you're kind of like, you're kind of too special, you stick out too much. You, the thing is very easy to be self-centered and make it about you, and I'm the tiefling in the bar, and whatever. Whereas all the other races, they're just, I mean, you know, the, 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 old, the old school races... Uh, are all basically just humans of different sizes, really. I mean, you know, you can you can blend some lore into it, but you can imagine sort of what it's like to be them in a way. And I think it's a tiefling, even. I, I, come on, it's like dude, man, man, guy, and then demon child. Like yeah, you, it's like you're too. You, like you're I, gonna I mean, be you're gonna be the tour, the edge lord, because you're you just have a tail and you have yeah. horns. They are definitely yeah. edge lords. They're it's homeboy. A, it's mm-hmm. a very tour kind of thing. That, that's all I'm saying. Dragonborn okay. are in there too. Dragonborn is. The no. next one. Okay. <laughs> no, Dragonborn is less that than Tiefling, especially like starting with 4E. Okay, let's not talk about Dragonborn yet. Okay, sorry. So we are mixed on this. I yeah. like Tiefling if they are special and, and well thought out in the new year. Mm. If they're not just other demon people. Uh, you know, put a little thought into it, make them a little different, give a three-paragraph write-up to people who want to be Tieflings, then I'm fine with it. <laughs> but it has to be in a certain thing, like not a super grounded campaign. You don't want to have a bunch of tieflings running around. But in a standard 5e or 4e, 3e campaign, eh, it's fine. It's fine. I think all the edgelords, it's that way. It depends on the campaign. Hmm. Words of wisdom. Dragonborn. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Mm, roll Tide. <sighs> Jim says... I think they're okay. <laughs> Is that one of the options? <laughs> That's not one of the options. <laughs> I mean... What is? I mean, I know the Skyrim Dragonborn, but what is the D&D Dragonborn? <laughs> They're like bipedal dragon people. They're just, as a tiefling is to a demon person, so a dragonborn is to a dragon person. Dragonborn look like Argonians, but with a little more dragon and less lizard. And they're more yes. thick. Okay, so yeah. so uh, so so Jim here, I'm gonna say gnaw again. Oh, yeah. Maybe this may be uh, this may time. not be expected. I, I don't know, but but to me not having the same back I'm not wasn't a Skyrim player you know I, I don't I don't relate to lizard people very well I just don't get it okay but as an option I think you'd be the perfect person to play something like a dragonborn you're not going to be the snowflake character sorry I need to get closer yeah I think Jim I think the next challenge you need to take on is playing one of these characters you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, need, I need to spend some more time like in their head to really yeah. try and understand I, I, I relate poorly to lizards um, <laughs> I you know maybe maybe you guys are different they're in I, control I just, of the government yeah I, I, so I feel like I feel like I'd be oh, cold-blooded I, I I just I can't get into it nah. I think it'll unlock nah. something deep inside you once you play once you get into the shoes of one of these creatures into the scales. Into the scales. I mean, it, but but in a sense, we're. I don't know. I just I feel like we're applying like very narrow stereotypes to these skins of of human characteristics. It's not like we're thinking like a lizard person or like a demon person in any real sense. You kind of see what I mean? Right. It's, it's, it's like, always going to be human. Exactly. <clears throat> and and you can't. It's hard to really step outside of that. So you say, oh well, I'm a I'm a dragonborn. That means I'm going to be lawful. I'm going to be dragony, and that's going to be. You know, something that you know challenges me in some way, but but really, I mean, you get a breath. It'd be a human. That's the same thing. That's what I'm saying. Maybe okay. you can breathe fire though. Try hard. <laughs> <laughs> you can be a human who's from that same kind of society, except you're actually a human, and you, and you relate to it, you're not a cold, dead-eyed lizard person. There yeah, you. and my response is, roll tide. If you put some work in it to tailor it to the campaign, in a way that makes it feel special and not just a human with roughs that needs moisturizer. That's what I'm saying. I, I think, that, that's what I feel like they're mostly played as. Yeah. yeah. I think that the um, Dragonborn fit in perfectly with the Valdamia stuff that you had built. It was great. Oh, because there wasn't a lot. There was like one or two, right? Yeah, but it was still... There was like one Dragonborn, right? I mean, no, there were, no, there there were, were a there lot were, of Dragonborn. No, no, there were more. But, but they it, were... Just, it fit the aesthetic, and I just think you did a good job working it in. There was a lot of dragon stuff going on. There was on. lore, but it's in my Evernote, and I don't remember what it was. I'd have to look it up. Mm-hmm. And we it found was, the first Dragonborn. Yeah, it was different from regular Dragonborn lore. There. Yeah, it was. The light spell as a cantrip. 
<laughs> Roll tide. No. <laughs> Never. No, no, no way. So, no. I have to say no. Oh, uh, surprising. I really do. The availability of light. Yeah. So back in the day, light was a first level spell, which means it was like the only magic spell you could cast that day if you were a wizard. Ooh. Oh, so not so as a cantrip. So as a cantrip, you can cast it all day. You can go blee, 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 light, 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 light. And I, thought, I thought you guys were going from the approach that it's so useless that why should it be there? What does it do? No, no. Well, it's awesome. Because the way that because the way that he likes to run things in old school is that basically there's usually no light sources in the dungeons you're going to. Who's got the torch? Decrement mm -hmm. torches, guys. Time to decrement torches. Do you got light? Sorry. Did you take it? Need to go underwater? Does the wind go through and blow out your torches? Did you yeah. drop your torch? Uh, so if you have light, you can just cast it on a coin and throw it. You can, and then cast it again. And as so, a cantrip, just, you just catch, you, just, you get light for free. Okay, I yeah. haven't played enough, so yeah. that's yeah. gonna be a null from this perspective. I say roll tide because I don't like dealing with all that garbage. I know. So it, it makes Tim doesn't it, like the logistics of dungeon crawling. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it just it makes it easy, and it's it's it makes your character feel a lot more powerful. We don't want challenge just, in a game, but no. I don't know. I, I like, like challenges the, of a different I sort. I like the stress that comes with having to worry about making sure you have light. I like that too. That's because why I said no. we we had one experience like when we were doing the um uh what was it the the, the you redid the old module um done a lot starts of with those. an H. Hamlet. Hamlet. We did Hamlet and we were down at the crayfish and the homeboy turned on us and there was torches being dropped. Oh, Someone that's was right. around in the dark and running down a dark hallway. Yeah. That was just, <laughs> it just made for a really great so scene. Fun. And if we had had light as a cantrip, then somebody probably would have had it on something. Yeah. Or more than Follow one up. somebody's. Follow so. up. Could it be a leveled spell though? That's what I do. And then what level? It's traditionally first and you can also use it to cast at an enemy's face to blind them. Ooh. Yeah, which so I like. That's what I do when I run 5e. You can cast I, it on their retina. Yeah. I see and their then, retina. And then they save or they're blinded for some amount of time. Yeah. Until the spell fizzles. I guess what I don't like is that the assumption is almost always, like, these dungeons that you're going into, they never have any sort of light sources. Like, there's never torches or anything. It's like... <laughs> like, why is there never anything in there that needs a natural source of light? D, D, D nods excitedly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I would feel I'll feel better about it if I felt like there was a mix of oh, we're going into these catacombs, which might actually be occupied by another force that needs light lights, and there's sporadically there are natural you know torches or something like that, but not always. But I don't like the assumption where it's oh no, it's a dungeon, ergo there's not going to be light, and you Monsters have to figure it out. Monsters can see in the dark. I know, and I don't like that. I don't like it where it's just like, oh, well, it's a monster, ergo, it can... I'm loving see it. In the light. <laughs> just saying. Equip your hand lantern. Halflings. Mm. No. Roll tide! I have to go roll tide. Because uh -huh. they're basically just... Enough, but... They're basically just tiny people, also Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it's I mean, just, I, think I gotta sign on the... Buy-in. Come on, yeah. guys. I'm so... Thank, you, thank, you, thank you, Papa Tolkien, for all this that we have. So, I'm the only gnaw... Wow. My, my problem with halflings, like, I've looked at them multiple times. And... Wait a second. Yes, tieflings. No, halflings. Mm-hmm. See, here's my issue with halflings. He is hates dwarves. That it's like, Jeez. when I think about halflings, I'm thinking about Lord of the Rings, and none of them had any kind of real adventuring skill. Frodo and Sam just kind of bumbled through it all and ate a lot of food, and... Yeah. Say, you gotta go back to the OG. You gotta go back to Bilbo. Life skills. Bilbo was picked because he was very sneaky and he was clever because hobbits naturally kind of are. They're kind of clever. He, they was, are. he was the burglar You're of right. the group. You and he's also, right. he's also lucky, uh, yeah. which is something I keep bringing back in and keep rubbing in your face. Like all all that stuff is based on Tolkien's hobbits. And he's small and doesn't make sounds when he walks. Yeah. And That's yeah. just how they naturally is. Yeah, so. okay. I, I guess going back to Bilbo, yeah. I could see it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go roll, roll tide. Yeah, d yeah. Don't use uh, don't use um, Lord of the Rings. Mary and Mary and Pippin for that. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Use Frodo and Bilbo. As Did we get a roll tide or not from you, Mason? Mm. Roll tide. All right. Well, <laughs> I'm the one. No. Why are you a no? This is tough. I don't like halflings in D and D unless I'm playing LOTR. Like if I'm playing the Lord of the Rings RPG, then roll tide. But otherwise, eh. Is it because? But too you small? like goblins? But goblins come huh? from Lord of the Rings. No. Goblins are like a generic fantasy thing that's been around since forever. Yeah, but everything in D&D is basically the, the Tolkien version of goblins. It's not true. Mm, yeah. 
Uh-oh. Let's move on. <laughs> Elves. I'm going to say a roll tide. Yeah, roll tide. tide. Absolutely roll tide. Roll tide. Yeah, uh, no questions. Yeah. What do you say to, to elves? Oh, roll tide, absolutely. Yeah. All right, what? Well, yeah, I can get completely behind that. Half elves, though. Roll tide. Roll tide. Roll tide. Yeah. Wait, uh, but one thing about elves, I mean, it, it, is it often taken into account, uh, you know, anything about their lifespan, about them, their cultural activities, really? Or are they still just often played as edgelords? I mean... Yep. Do you, do you, kind of, you, know, you, do you feel what I'm saying there? Because yeah. they actually have a deep, like, deep history... Anyways, I think if you're a drow, I, I saw, a drow is definitely an edge lord. Drow is definitely edge lord. But is drow on here? Uh, yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I agree. Just with the other demi humans, tieflings, dragonborns, you gotta you gotta make them fit into the setting. Mm-hmm. Um, so like in CCQ, you guys have met elves, although you can't be elves at least not yet. So they're special and a little different. They've got a lot of lore behind them. There you go. I like them. Do we have to? And I like Tolkien elves because they're so classy. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Tolkien elves are better than um, what's her name? Uh, rolling elves. Oh, and Witcher elves. I don't like Witcher elves. I don't know the Witcher elves. The, but well, I guess I guess the five E. Yeah, I mean they're either super classy racist or they're like oppressed and so they're basically rebels. But yeah. but it, but the Tolkien elves were also largely uh, isolated, right? I mean, so yeah. it's kind of like 5e elves yeah. in a way. Yeah, they're very isolated. No, I mean, well, no, when you play a 5e elf, you're just playing a dude who's... Yeah, fi- That's well, what I'm saying. No, 5e elves are super integrated. Tolkien elves are like, no, they're completely isolated. Yeah. Oh, okay. They live yeah, in they're... two places in the world. But they still <laughs> yeah. have a lot of qualities. Most Tolkien mm-hmm. races are isolated. The humans yeah, are like isolated. Yeah, like the age, Yeah. Well, humans are not isolated in Tolkien. They're everywhere. Well, if yeah. you were following elves, humans would be in their own... Yeah, but humans are everywhere space. all over the map. But elves are in two places. Hobbits are in one place. Dwarves mm-hmm. are basically in one place. So do elves... Uh, do they have trouble, trouble reproducing or something? You know what I mean? I, why are they not just... Too busy just, just like strumming world? that harp. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's just a, I'm just saying there's a reason for The Lord there's of the Rings, isolation and all this. Different motivational like inclinations, right? I don't remember. They don't care about certain. What, what do they do with their lives? They're super. They don't have super long lives. They don't have the same ambitions as. I mean, eventually they, they they go to Valinor. Why would you be an elf adventurer, really? I mean, anyways. Yeah, in in Lord of the Rings, got it was that wanderlust. It was because they were the adventurers were sent on a mission by the, their king. And yeah, that was pretty much it. Yeah, and that well, you have some people who are like sentries. Like if you're on a borderline with the orcs, then you're going to be out hunting for orcs or whatever, uh, like you see in Fellowship of the Ring. Because mm-hmm. I just read that. But. So if you were living long enough, you could conceivably get pretty wealthy, pretty rich enough, just some investment, some you know, advantage of wisdom and knowledge with time. Maybe you can have a bunch of college degrees. I don't know. But you can certainly hire people to do that kind of work instead. You kind of see what I mean? Like you'd be more the hiring adventurers because you could like hire like 10 of you instead of going and doing it yourself. Yeah. But, I don't know. Anyways, I don't think I'm overthinking this. I I think you're thinking middle. You have a Middle Earth mindset. Yeah. They had a Valinor mindset. Okay. Yeah. So they didn't think about that because they're like, it doesn't matter. I'm going to be sailing off to the to the east anyway. Also, don't (laughs) sail off the west. Sorry. (laughs) When you have Elvish work to do, don't hire a human. Uh, Is that a thing? I I don't know. That's probably a thing. (laughs) That's what the dwarves say too. That's what the halflings say. (laughs) Speaking of dwarves, dwarves. No. Roll tide. Roll tide. Come on. No. Roll Tide, absolutely. No. Roll Tide. Really? I'm the only gnaw again. I don't like dwarves. They're just Scottish people that are short. <laughs> exactly. That's why I like them. <laughs> just Very me. stout. They like to drink. They have. They Boy, know their okay. way around stone. Are you talking about the Scots or dwarves? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. Well, so, so I feel like... I feel so like, are you basically uh, saying you don't like Scots? <laughs> I mean, they're Scots, though. We're not talking about Scots. We're talking about dwarves. Are the we? Dwarves are we're talking about like fantasy, short, weird Scots. <laughs> and so, that's fine with me. I want that. So, so, <laughs> Scots so through, with bearded uh, women. <laughs> so, so through the powers of, uh, of natural selection, I imagine a world where you could actually have divergent ancestries going into humans and dwarfs and elves and all this stuff. Uh, conceivably, so I kind of accept them just being like like short, isolated. You know, they lived underground. They could have gotten tough. To, to me, it just conceptually really fits. But the I come only, from that kind of standpoint. The only dwarves I like are like really fairy style dwarves. 
like not remotely human. And in the LOTR lore, it's it's kind of like that. They're a separate race entirely made by some god to drill under the mountains and stuff. Or if you're going to make fantasy Scots people, make them giants. Because that's what they were to the Romans. There were these weird giants that come from the black forests up there with naked with paint all on them. Well, you could do that, but, but they could be like, but, but you can't have them crawling around in caves and stuff. No, but, you know, no, because you gotta be, you gotta be short. Yeah, but then you also gotta be strong. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I'm still no. Uh, <laughs> Forgotten Realms, no. Thank you for Forgotten Realms is a standard five E setting. I don't remember anything about that. That's ah. oh. <laughs> Oh. Um, <laughs> that's Drist, Elminster, yeah. Waterdeep, yeah, 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 Baldur's yeah. Gate. Yeah. Uh, I'll say Roll Tide. What is a Drist? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All the video games were set there. I'll say Roll Tide because I have lots of ties, some good memories with Neverwinter Nights and a series of PC games. There's lots of good stories that were told there. I don't mind the the mythos. I'm going to say Gnaw because it's the epitome of but, normie D&D. Yeah, but a lot of the stuff nowadays I'm just like bleh. No, I mean, but if you're if you're trying to play your game as if you're a character in the book, I guess that's kind of different. But but I mean, just just the stories themselves, I think they're fine. You know, they're fun. I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna say. I, th- I think Dritz is kind of corny, but he is super corny. <laughs> I am barely barely roll tight on that one. Oh, okay, roll tight. Just because. <laughs> but see, here's the thing: like in a super normie group, I just I would hate it. But in, in the in the right group where we're just gonna like like if we were if we were to do our own thing, forgotten realms, we'd be I think we could, I think I'd be fine with it. The remembered realms. But if I went and played it like eventually adventure league, or I went and just played with some random yeah neckbeard, it would be bad. And Mason, you've not played D and D in Normie Land, so you don't even know about it, forgotten realms, do you? I know. I have no clue what that is. Abstain. <laughs> <laughs> Tiamat. Roll, Roll time. Roll time. <laughs> Oh, the, the but five which headed, Tiamat? Well, any of them. Oh, yeah, roll tight. The idea of Tiamat, just so good. So yeah. good. The execution of Tiamat can be lacking in some editions. Yeah, there we go. This is our that's so, Chinese that's Tiamat. This is our unofficial Tiamat. Yeah, we got a little incense statue that I got from Walmart for nine Federal Reserve notes. And we used it as a mini when we fought Tiamat. Five-headed dragon god. As Evil dragon goddess. Goddess. As uh, sounds hey, pretty roll time. Each head is a different color and has different like powers and stuff. Mm, She's great. Have a different Love personality. Her. Maybe Tiamat Bay. Okay, <laughs> Tiamat is Bay. Mega Dungeons. Uh, you know. Uh, is, roll Tide. That's Roll Tide for yeah. me. Yeah. No. Nah from Tim. Mm-mm. Doesn't like dungeons. It's just too much. He only likes dragons. Just too much. <laughs> I'll give it a big old fresh faced roll time. <laughs> <laughs> I like dungeons. I like a mega. <laughs> I've John? Never, never been in one. So, look at this Mega Dungeon. Mario you know how many dungeons dungeon, you can right? fit in this bad boy? Mario would be Mega Dungeon. <laughs> yeah, Mario's a Mega Dungeon. Absolutely. Roll Tide. Dude, I think Wait, someone... Wait, did you say Mario is? Mario? Moria. Moria. Oh. Oh, the Mines of Moria. Mines. Somebody made a map of they that. They call it a mine. Oh. A mine. I would definitely run a Mines of Moria campaign. Where you take the mines and you're just dwarves from LOTR. <laughs> okay, so uh, so let's just alternate off. history. Uh, so so pros. Does that get your juices flowing? That would be so good. <laughs> <laughs> so so pros. What's good about Mega Dungeon? Go. It's everything but a, that's good about a dungeon except Mega. <laughs> and those things are no. Okay, so you have resource management, exploration, danger, darkness. So here's the deal. I didn't know about old school D and D. You know when it clicked for me when I read. The Mincer Red Box. It's a version of Basic D&D edited by Mincer. It's got the dragon on the cover. Well, there are two of them that are red and box sets that have dragons on the cover. But not the other one, not Moldvay, but Mincer. It has a sample adventure where it has you create a character and then go into a very small dungeon. But you're so weak that you end up having to go in and out multiple times, which is, in effect, what a mega dungeon produces in you phenomenologically. Do you see? Yes. So you're continually making progress and figuring out where things are and you're mapping it and continually gaining mastery over something, not by increasing numbers, but by increasing knowledge. (laughs) And I love that. With a 30-room dungeon, you're not going to get that. You're going to blow it out in one or two goes, and you're done. You're on to the next Mm -hmm. thing. So, yeah, roll tight. I would love doing... um, um, I would have a lot more incentive doing a mega dungeon and a sis- situation similar to what you're talking about with the Moria campaign, mm-hmm. where you're trying to recapture 
Moria from the Because uh, you got a strong narrative thread there too, right? There's a narrative thread yeah. there, yeah. which really helps me. But yeah. then, um, what if you had a settlement after you cleared the first several top, and you put a settlement in the top floor? We did, we did a campaign like that via mm-hmm. play-by-post called Homeland. Mm-hmm. It was just Moria with the serial oh, numbers filed off. Bringing it back. Yeah, mm-hmm. Josh loved that one. Yeah, he did. But we, Th- there was a lot of quality stuff there for sure. But and so maybe you don't actually like... That's not a good idea for play-by-post, though. That was dumb. You, you have to like, <laughs> leave Mines of Moria and travel all the way to... I don't know what the closest city would be. Um, that would be Rivendell. Rohan, no, Rivendell no, I mean, but you'd have to roll up with like your like your, like your servants and all that. I mean, you, with your people, with your crew, with wagons of, your of rations. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's 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 like a big... It's a real campaign, like in the Crusades kind of sense. I mean, you, you know... Okay, anyways. Day is full. You're probably not the leaders of this campaign. You're just on the well, you could, payroll. You could do, uh, you you could do a thing where it's a, you handle all the logistics as part of play, right. or you could just like let the game take care of that, and you just worry about being a strike force. But, but you wouldn't be able to come in with like just your level one you know, starting equipment. You'd have to give your own starting equipment. I, I don't know. Anyway, so... I think we got mostly roll tied from that. Yeah. So Small dungeons. Yeah. Oh, I, no, but I roll just tied. wanted to say, but there are cons that weren't covered, and I know I just want to hear Tim's voice here. What do you hate about it? Does it seem aimless? It. It. I think it's it's situational. Like you get sleepy. I don't you like. Hate sleep. torches. <laughs> I guess you hate some, open open door checks. I don't like certain reasons. It just depends on like the I guess the overall setting. Um, I generally don't like just going back and forth and back and forth. And if it's, I think there's a, there's got to be a middle ground. Most of the mega dungeons I've seen, I think, are too mega. Mm. And I'm just thinking, like, no, I just don't even want to bother with this. But, like, maybe if you scaled it down to half that, I'd probably buy it in. Because I could feel like it's, this is something that's achievable. And So it's all about size for you. Well, it's some, it's also, it's size. And maybe uh-huh. some of the, uh, the fictional setting and the buy-in. Like, what's the point of why we're going here? Mm. I just, I get tired of the... Oh, we just need to make money for a thing, and let's go do that thing. No, and, and I and I feel that you know, for me, where where I get lost in a mega dungeon, you know, no no pun intended. There is is really hurt. No, uh, so so the place I get I get lost in it is if there's not if it seems too random or something. If it right, yeah, it's not like tied that. together by some sort of thematic structure mm-hmm. or some sort of you know rationale. Uh, I, I can definitely get frustrated with that. I just if things just what the heck is any of this doing? Yeah. Why is this room next to this? I don't. Room? I don't. Sense? I think part of that, and I, even though I know there can be purpose and design when you have multiple factions like monsters fighting, I generally don't like them because I always, like, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't like it when I feel like we have all these different monster types that are just a faction inside of this large area. Because that's it feels, the best part about because it dungeons. feels like thematically it's. It's hard for me as a player to really see that cohesion. And yeah, yeah, together. there has to be cohesion. Like, it ha- I think it has to, it has to make sense so you can make some intuitive leaps. And that's, I think, that's part of the player knowledge thing that is appealing. That's part of the exploration, sort of feeling that out. Uh, if it just seems just kind of thrown together on a randomized table and it's a mega dungeon, I, I'm just, I would hate that. I'd rather exactly. That's what I'm saying. I'd rather do something. And and I, I think we've had mega dungeon experiences where it at least felt like that. Uh, you know this this last one that we've been playing, um, which is what is it? Barrel Maze. Barrel. Yeah, Barrel Maze. Yeah, that's right. Uh, seems fine so far. I don't know. He, know. the guy who wrote it, may have just rolled up stuff in random tables. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. But I know he has a theme behind the whole thing. But you know, individual rooms. There's too many to make them all super bespoke. So mm-hmm. sometimes it's just there's skeletons there. Well, so that's why like <laughs> I would really appreciate it if okay, make it less large. And then get but the whole point is that it's so large that you have to map it and you can get lost. Well, that's fine. But, but is that the whole can, point? It can still be large. It then can, it's not a mega dungeon. It's the, just a dungeon. The possibility of getting lost is, is kind of the point. Well, but getting but mapping and getting lost, that's that's just down to player skill. Well, no, so, it's not. If it's like if you can keep a mental map of it in your head. But, but I, I guess I well, see it a little differently. I see it more like like again, like like you are they're making a like a campaign, like a you know weeks long, months long kind of thing to to excavate this giant space that has treasure in it or something like that. It's not. It's not really about getting lost. It's about going, going in, pushing in as far as you can, seeing what's there. Maybe there's nothing. Resting and just you know repeating over and over again, exploring this giant space. Gary's Greyhawk Castle had thirteen levels. That's awesome. 
It didn't have to have 300. <laughs> it didn't have to have 300 rooms for like it to be aha. This is going to guarantee people get lost. I mean, you can just have people who are bad at mapping and who are bad at directions. We're talking about averages. Know. Like no one's going to get lost in a 20 room dungeon. So that's fine. So, so I'm fine is... with like 50 rooms, but like it, at that point, I'd feel like there's just too much filler, or it's just it doesn't have a lot of purpose. I like there to be a lot of thought and design into every little detail. So, so there is a dungeon I call it Maze of the Blue, Blue Medusa. I was about to mention that one. <laughs> Where every room is is like bespoke, I guess, in a sense. Uh, there's a lot of details that aren't really filled in. Yeah, it's definitely it bespoke. Is, it is yeah. unique, and it's tied into an overarching narrative in every yeah. area, and then all those areas are kind of tied in. Uh, and it's, it's a lot of fun. But then you also, I mean, I, I guess you can get lost, I yeah, guess. You but that's, so, yeah, Maze of Blue Medusa, for me... Was maybe a little too much. It's, it's too. I think that's yeah. the thing. It's too busy. It needs empty uh-huh. rooms. It needs downtime in it. It had. <laughs> it was. Yeah. So yeah. much. It's and, too much. <laughs> and, it, and I think part of the problem. I think I suffered from playing from it, playing that. And I don't want to go into this too much. This is not a Maze of Blue Medusa review. Uh-huh. But was that we were doing it as a like one or two shot. Yeah. We were not there to do the the campaign as as written, and so um, it it. Uh, I think I suffered in my experience for that. I hear that. I hear that. So you guys are saying mega dungeons, when they're good, they're so, so good. <laughs> when they're bad, they're so bad. <laughs> yeah, basically. And I didn't like the aesthetic of Maze of Blue Medusa. And well, see, I, and I see, didn't I either. Felt, I felt but I know what Jim does. I think it's a yeah. lot of fun. Yeah. A lot of fun. It's the kind of thing I'm just... It, it, it'd be inter- it'd but be again, we play. haven't really done a mega dungeon. We've done two sessions in a mega dungeon. And I haven't even been part of that. So... And uh, and in two sessions of Maze of Blue Medusa too that were like kind of guided. And Dungeon Academy is a mega dungeon, although that's not the point of Dungeon Academy. The point is everything around the dungeon. The dungeon is just there to go into for. Well, it's, I think that's the point of every mega dungeon. It's just there as a challenge to go into for loot that you want for other reasons. Mm-hmm. Anyway, small dungeons. Roll tide. Roll tide. What's wrong? Why would anyone be against small dungeons? Really? I could say that they're a waste of time. And that I got a little annoyed with those little burrows we were going through in yeah. CCQ the other okay. night. Yeah, like just because it was so... That's not, it was Alabama, by the way. Oh yeah, it was Alabama. Mm-hmm. It was just like one after the other. It was like it's part of Barrow Maze. <laughs> but I told you guys these are not the main entrances. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that if a dungeon's too small, you can just feel unsatisfied by it. Like there's not enough material there to gain traction and feel like you've explored. I at least place. want like this to have a clue or something to. Yeah. To, I mean, if it's just a random cave on the side of the road, all right, whatever. You know, okay, I don't, I'm not going to feel like I really wasted my time. But when there's like 10 of them right outside of this area that we know is significant, I don't want little 10 things. I want, I want it to mean something. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, but does it, do you really feel that it means something when you're told that what you're going to explore means something? See, yeah, that's kind of where I said I don't know at the end because I, I agree with that anyway. I was fine with it because I was like, this is a small achievable goal we can get in the 30 minutes that we have to play. <laughs> That's another thing. We started late. And also because of, you know, I mean, I didn't know what was going to be in there. I, I, I did not think there was going to be a high chance at all of there being anything worthwhile. But at least we could mark it off our checklist and know that, okay, we've at least explored these. It's like logging in and doing your dailies. That's right. I, I got it done. I got a little bit done. Just chipped away at the goals. Real tight then. Speaking of which, I need to do that tonight. I need to do that. <laughs> For what? Fortnite? Yeah. Fortnite. Yeah. Yeah. Baby <laughs> games. Uh, exploring a town like a dungeon. No. 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 I, I don't think so. No. What is that? What does no. that mean? <laughs> Have we done that ever? Yeah. Almost every town is written up as if it's a dungeon. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Written up as if it's a dungeon, as in everything's described in detail with all this stuff. And then, so there is a famous product that was created at the near the birth of the hobby called City State of the Invincible Overlord. Such a tight name. That's epic. <laughs> I know. And it's a huge city mm-hmm. that is marked out as if a dungeon. And you go into a shop, and maybe it's run by a genie who's going to attack you. Or maybe he's just going to sell you stuff. Hmm. It's like the city is dangerous and has dungeons in it. And while you're going through the streets, there may be random encounters. Okay, so I don't. I have to rescind and say I don't take an answer because I've never done it. It's completely wacky. It's a different aesthetic. Although you can, it's a continuum as well because you could have a less weird. So like Hamlet Mm -hmm. is keyed like it's a dungeon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, information design is no different. 
and it's written up as it's a dungeon as well. So you could say, I go to hut number three, and I could lay out the map for you. I go here, I go here, I go here. Uh, I'm not sure that's great. You know what would be cool? Hmm. Playing as like a, a chimney sweep child in, uh, in 18th century or 19th century England, like London, and having random encounters on the streets. <laughs> And, and so, to do your job, fighting off dogs. And... <laughs> That's yeah. very like so, into so, so the So what eye. you're saying is you've just you've just seen like your uh, inspiration for your first campaign. There you go. Yeah, it sounds cool. It does it sound fun, cool. doesn't it? Because yeah. you know humans are interesting enough without adding all these other crazy races. I think but... he would like um, into the odd. Into the odd, and also I think that's he, the aesthetic of into the odd is 19th century. What's the uh, other thing? Blades in the dark. The thie- Blades in the dark. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, which I wish we had recorded that. Uh, we the one we recorded with the patron. It was so good. I wish we'd recorded it. That's oh. just what jumped into my mind when you were talking about city dungeons. I was thinking about executing um, exploration in a city as if we were playing CCQ, and I thought no. And we also did a thieves guild campaign yeah. there in the wall map. I think it's I think it's situational. I think sometimes it's okay. Yeah, I'm gonna say no, but. It can be situations where it's roll tight. Yeah, I'm gonna say roll tight. I'm saying in general, if you're writing up a city for presentation, don't pretend it's a dungeon. Write no. it up differently. Okay, I can. I'm. I'm gonna agree with you there. So I'm okay. gonna. Uh, what kind of campaign are you running? Is it a murder hobo campaign? Is it? Is it gonna be an urban campaign? Yeah. I mean, if it's a typical kind of D and D thing, I just don't get the point. No. Like yeah. when I did my thing that I created, mm-hmm. literally, I drew three little triangles on the map that represented this is gonna be the city. Like look like little big. Um, A-frame houses, lodges. That was the city area, right? And I told you there was a couple key landmarks in the yeah. place. And I, I didn't know that that was what that was because it just seemed like a normal town to me when yeah. I was playing. Well, so it's and fine. The, but there was the, all the, all that I said was, hey, there's a there's a tavern. There's a loading dock for the logs, and then that's all. And it's like, and then the rest of it's just like a, a logging. Because there's town. two. It's like when when you go into a dungeon and there's a bedroom, you don't want to detail everything that's in the bedroom. There's a dresser. There's a bedside table. There's a lamp on the table. There's shoes under the bed. There's a closet. There's 17 pairs of clothes in the closet. You just say, it's a bedroom. And then one infers the contents accordingly. And if you need to get specific, the DM can make a resolution on the fly. And I believe cities are like that because there's too much stuff in a city to present in the format that a dungeon is presented. Whereas dungeons are mostly featureless corridors with one or two interesting things in a room. Like if you guys had gone into a house that I hadn't mapped out, I'd have just been like, okay. You're in a house. You're going to a house. There's yeah. a room. And you say, I'm looking for shoes. Okay, you find some shoes. Exactly. If you told yes. me you wanted a specific kind of shoe, I'd be like, okay, well, let me see if those are there. And I'd roll a die. Nope, they're not there. Yep. Yeah, there's also no downside to just making it up. And that's exactly. No, I mean, it's, there's no, like, prob- a- there's no, like, serious problem solving that you have to do in a town like that. Yeah. Uh, let me roll my random table for everything that's in this room. Yeah. I don't know. And then watch everyone die it. But but if die. you do go into someone's house looking for stuff, I'm gonna roll and I'm gonna roll to see if someone finds you and you have some sort of encounter. Yeah, it's gonna increase your 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 chance for conflict. Okay, we're good. Um, clerics, roll, 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 die. <laughs> roll, roll, die. All right, bards. No, no. Uh, no. What kind of bard? I need to hear you guys. Talk I just want you to say. I just want to react. Oh. just react. No. No, and and it's just because of my naturalistic tendencies. I, I think I could create a bard that I thought me. would that's, be cool. That's what holds me back. But and then and then the way they've been presented <laughs> in every campaign I've ever seen, no. I think this warrants a war eagle. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've I've heard some cool bards. Like I've I've watched some playthroughs of homebrew stuff. And they, they have a lot of fun with bards that I just like to hear you guys talk about bards. Well, we have played bards, and they're very effective characters. Yeah, yeah. like uh, like the adventures of uh, Dave and Bart. Mm-hmm. Uh, great episode. <clears throat> I had a, a throat singing bard. <laughs> uh, and we actually played it over the battles. Yeah, uh, it was it good times. for me. People kind of people liked it for some reason. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but it was a very strong character, and in fact, it's it's quite a powerful build. Like when you as you get up and level, like level fifteen or whatever. But even from the very start, uh, it's it's pretty sick. But you say, you know, why song? You know, song. You have to admit it the whole battle. I I just it just seems kind of silly to me. Oh wait, song and battle like charming opponents. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the idea is playing. your music is magical. 
Like no. you remember, you remember watching <laughs> <this is laughs> Scott Pilgrim, the dude with the guitar. Yeah, he's a bard. I mean, if no, that no, no, if no, that's no. how it works, I'd say roll die. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 yeah, I I just I guess I guess that they would be like wizards or sorcerers or something else. Mm. If they're using these magical things. If they actually are just influencing people in the same way that music typically influences people. Uh, that's it. Could be interesting. It could be a person who is a musician, but then they also are an adventurer in some other way, and that that kind of maybe makes sense. So maybe they just yeah. So like, if your arcane fo- focus happened to be your instrument, and maybe your somatic, you did all your somatic components uh, in sing song. Did medley medley? I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, yeah, but you're actually a wizard. But you're actually a wizard. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Zumba kazing. Your attention, everything. <laughs> I mean, that, that's just how you learn how to do it, right? Yeah. I mean, there are things that you do like that where you have kind of a little ritualistic thing that maybe isn't necessary, but like it's just... songs, for example. Yeah, sure. Okay. I, the way I'd like to use bards is just if you are a bard, like if you just play an instrument for money. Sure. Yeah. As a more fighter, of a job or a cleric or whatever. Yeah, it, it just, as another class. As another exactly. class. <laughs> as or, an actual class. Or to do an all bards campaign where you're a band. <laughs> Oh, no, never. That, no way. that would be tight, and I would do that t- tonight. I would do that tonight. I would make it all up tonight We're and not stress so, about so, it. So, so you need someone, like, someone shows up at the table, and they're like, How did, so you, roll, did you roll up a character? And like, yeah, I rolled up a bard. And it's like, okay, cool, what class did you pick? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Yes. Uh, what class? Wait, so did we just get Name of the Wind in here with this whole traveling band idea? Well, that's, gonna... that's what it would be. All right, uh, I have no idea what I meant by this. Mixed systems? What does that mean? I think it means when you're crossing PF2 and 5E. You th- could you mean hacks? I don't know. No, I would have said hacks. You're talking about crossplay. I don't know what I'm talking about. Let's ignore that one. <laughs> uh, 4E. Relative. I tried it. <laughs> Did you try it? We tried it like one session at, at where, where we, we took... We took 5e and cut half of 5e out and put. That's, you haven't played 4e. So 4E. I didn't yeah. like what we did. Yeah. 4e is everything that when is I, wrong with the game. When, uh. I looking, <laughs> when I started looking at encounter powers and daily powers and yeah. reaction and all, I was like, this is way too advanced. I did not like. I like the idea of min-maxing. I like the idea of coming up with really cool stuff that synergizes with your character and doing all that fun okay, stuff. Okay, we're gonna put it on the cam- We're gonna put it on the calendar. I'm gonna run a 4E game. Ugh. I'm gonna have characters. All pre-made. that stuff you're talking about, you do that in for it's the you same do, thing. See, Tim but, is see, giving you 4E revisionism, and the thing is, he's halfway right. Is a lot of 5E is just disguised. It's it's uh, what do you call it? Um, Glossed? No. Revised? Mm, no. Simplified? Crypto 4E. Okay, so <laughs> I, I get that, and I and I from what I've seen on YouTube and just you know trying to listen to podcasts and stuff, I, I, I see that. But it's just so much easier in 5e. So 5e will go and spend 18 words to say something every time when 4e has a keyword. It's true. And from an information design standpoint, the stat block of a 4e monster is this big. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's about three inches, maybe. Average. 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 Yeah. Whereas the stat block of an equivalently complex 5e monster is about three times as long. Mm-hmm. And then you get to 3.5. And it's 15 and it's times pages. as long. <laughs> like when I actually looked at like high level enemies like in uh, Shackled City campaign, nope. Nope. <laughs> it's literally like a page and a half. It's like you're playing a PC for every monster. What is this? And you just yeah. and they just list skills. So it's like, oh, here's all the skills. Here's all, here's all the spells. Here's all the feats. Now you gotta go. <laughs> now you gotta go look up what those are. are and yeah. And four E, the stat blocks contain everything you need to know to run it. So yeah. you described that, and that sounds great. Yeah. But, but the, however, the mechanics of being a PC and playing and 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 having all your. And walking through all the different steps of the encounters does not appeal to me. You know, it's a great idea. Mm. We should take a mega dungeon. And we should run it with four. No, 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 we're, this is a minis <laughs> combat session. Yes. Okay. That's what let's, it's for. Let's really do the Dragoon thing, okay? Yeah. Like, that's it. 
So, so the way like Chris Perkins did it uh, works completely for fourth edition. He, there's a bunch of story. There's like a, you know a little bit of like talking, a little bit of exploration or something, and then there's like a single set piece combat or two per session. Like because yeah, that's all I, you can fix. It takes like, a long time because it's important mechanically. Mm-hmm. So that has a really bad side in that you can't do anything else while it's going on, and a good side if you like it. But you can spend a lot of time thinking about like a single cool fight or two or uh, you know something like that where like there are multiple stages or of combat or uh, surprise things that happen in it you know something something interesting that you may not normally have if the rooms just stocked. With I creatures. also think it'd be better just like I mentioned with Pathfinder Two if you knew all the rules. Yeah. Well. But four E is even easier if you don't know all the rules. I think it okay. is. Yeah. yeah, I mean all the, the, the it's a better Pathfinder two than Pathfinder two. The action economy and the keyword stuff, like it's it, very simple. It does make it very simple. Okay, I, I mean that's why, like many times, like you will still still hear me slip yep. up, and I'll say like bonus action. Wait, no, no, no. no I said minor. minor. I say minor action. Yeah, it's minor still, move standard, baby. Yeah, it's still there it's in, easy. My, in my head because it made a lot. It did make a lot of sense mechanically. So, so after all that, can you reiterate roll tight or no for you? Uh, no, but. In extremely, extremely <laughs> narrow, yeah. narrow use yeah. cases, yeah. roll tight. I still, I, I, my heart says roll tight. My heart says roll tight. <laughs> I, say, I enjoyed all the time we played it. Open-minded, no. But but, but 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 what about the art though? I mean, the art's garbage. I felt again. I think almost everything about it was just everything that's wrong with. It was all. It's all Pathfinder art. It is. It's literally Pathfinder art. Yeah. The same artist. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Hate it. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, guy. Monks. <laughs> Monks get Roll a tight. hard gnaw from me. <laughs> uh, I, so I can get behind a monk. I can behind a monk. It, it's, 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 yeah, I think it's, but, you gotta have it in lore. But I, I, I get a bit of a roll tide. I hate it so much I had to make monks animated like statues. That's how much, in Alabama, that's how much I hated monks. Yeah. Even in my most liberal setting to vanilla. I had to go crazy on the monks. So, so I, I like the idea of fighting men who are specifically trained in Hand. hand-to-hand combat. Uh, and I like the idea of uh, some some Eastern aesthetic that includes key See, powers, that's what I hate. I don't want East meets West. I want to play in an Eastern campaign or a Western campaign. I want to segregate. Maybe it's because I'm from Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> Roll tide. Roll tide. Jim but Crow over here. I, I don't like mixing the aesthetics in the campaign. I want a monk, if we're playing in like some kind of Western Europe with the serial numbers filed off, to just be a cleric, essentially. To just be like a holy man. I mean, monks definitely can feel weird in the campaign to me. Because they're doing kung fu up in here. But just like Doctor Strange feels weird to me. I don't know anything about that. I just never seen a movie, never will. Right, I'm I'm thinking about this now from Daniel's no perspective. Adding monks, adding monks anywhere, or adding con- these conflicting ideas. It's like watching Ready Player One or the Avengers. Yeah, or something. you just, might as well just add Aztec warriors in there too while you're at it. It's just kind of and like, Romans that are time scared. So 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 what if they were wizards? Who also were trained to hand to hand punch combat. wizards, so, muscle wizards. <laughs> I can get behind. Okay, do you, see, do you see what I'm saying? I mean, because if, 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 if you're saying, you're saying magic, you got to re, re-skin it. You know, magic works one way in the world, and that's how it works. Okay, and you're a punchy wizard now. Yeah. So I can take them as fighters. Yeah. That just work mostly hand to hand, like brawlers or something like sure, that. Sure. They maybe have some light magic. But stuff. see, all, just, all just don't skin, skin it as all like their powers are usually skinned like fist of the shivering lotus or something. Yeah, yeah. Give me a break. Oh, the names are awful. Yeah. Like, just re- reskin it and just call- give it different names, and it's fine. Yeah. Or play <laughs> put in Eastern yeah, or, or play in Japan. Eastern yeah. Or China. Or Jeez. China. Or make them robot. Or make, or make them animated statues. Yeah, thank you. Okay. okay. Can, we play, can we play Eastern D&D? <laughs> Sometime. Uh, yeah, there's lots of good stuff. We might time. offend some people if we play Eastern D&D. What? Uh, that's not possible. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm one-fourth Japanese. Yeah, I'm one- See, uh, I, know all the, I know the language. Hi. <laughs> Hi. No, I'm two. That's like half of it. <laughs> Ni hao. <No. laughs> Kylin. Yeah. That's Japanese. <clears throat> <laughs> Counterspell. <laughs> Counterspell 
Yes. Yes. Roll yes. Tide. Yes. Uh, roll Tide. tide. Roll and I tide. think it should be a, a more. I think it should be more central. It I think be it should trip. be something that happens earlier. And I think it should be incorporated to the magic system very thoroughly. I think you should be able to do it level one. Spell. Exactly. Level I think one. I think it I think it should be there from the start and, and an important part of what magic versus magic. Just like you have fighting men versus fighting men. Yeah. In way. Wizard duels. Wizard duels. Wizard exactly. duels. Yes. Wizard duels. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's something severely lacking is like the whole idea of wizard dueling is is not even a thing. Unplayable. Trash. Watsy. Fix your, fix your product. Wizard Duel's <laughs> Roll Tide. I'd never even heard of counter spells until now. Yeah. It's like a fourth level spell or something. It's it's a, third, third, third level. It needs to be it's a, a leveled two. spell. Like a level one, you get this, and then at level two, if you cast at level two, it'll do this special yeah, thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then it goes all the way to whatever level you want. I mean, it's a, it's like the standard for any blue-based deck, where you gotta have, you exactly. know, you gotta have at least four counter spells mm. in there. So the way it works, Mason, in 5e, somebody starts casting a spell, you can use your reaction to cast counter spell, and then either... Depends on the interaction between them, but you'll either automatically or debate the spell. Mm. So it's like counter sniping. Just like pay three mana, yeah. pay cancel. They're casting fireball on you. Oop, counter spell. Yep. Nope, they're not. Nope, you're not doing that, baby. So shut good. down. It's it's with high level five e. It gets it gets bonkers with that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's it's like playing Magic the Gathering if you have a high level wizard. It's a completely different ball Man, game. Playing against a really good count, um, blue deck that's like a counter deck in Magic is one of the most infuriating yeah. things you can do. <laughs> I know it. Because it's like, it's like I used to play nope, awesome. you can't play this game. <laughs> it's, yeah. like, it's like, I want to do this. No, you can't. Yu-Gi-Oh. Go play Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> <laughs> My deck is all about making sure that you can't do anything that your deck We're almost do. done. We're almost done. Oof. Decrement your torches. No. Oh, was that a question? Roll, yes. roll tide. Roll tide. Roll no. tide. Uh, so I'll say roll tide at the start of the game, but I feel like it can become pretty irrelevant as the game wears on at higher levels. But I know Daniel's ideal game does it, ideal game does not go to higher levels. That's correct. So, well, here's the thing, though. <laughs> so well, then that's yeah, so a higher level point. At higher levels, it's irrelevant. At higher levels, you just yeah, get, like lanterns and stuff, quick. and then you can just get no. At higher levels, you have like eighteen it. people casting magic junk all the time, and there's, there's, no, there's no sweat. Nobody's even using. Torches. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> making maps in character. Roll, Roll tide. Uh, so, so I think there's a part of it where you do capture the space mentally. I, I, I don't know how to how to capture that, but but I'll say in general, yes, absolutely. I'm a, I'm a big. You, yeah. We all know what I think. Yeah. I think that also there should you should be allowed to have, especially if you're not playing the same thing like week back to back to back to back. Mm. You should be able to have a very small percentage chance to roll a very mundane um, memory about something. I can see what you're saying. Like, if we haven't played the campaign in a month, and you come back and you've got, you didn't make a map, well, yeah. yeah. But your character would know. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can see that. That's a, that's the time for an intelligence check, I would agree. But mundane details, not anything. Yeah, not crazy stuff. Crazy. <clears throat> um, adventure paths. Mm, uh, roll time. Roll time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Adventure Path is like a mini campaign. It it tells you this rail, can be a railroad. Then you go here and so we did I don't know if I don't know what episodes you listened to. When we our first like three seasons or whatever were all adventure paths. We did Temple of Elemental Evil Horde of the Dragon Queen. Horde of the that wasn't recorded. Oh, uh Prince of Apocalypse. Prin, that's what it does. That's the basically Temple of Elemental Evil. Oh, okay. Uh, Prince of the Apocalypse, we did... What's the other ones we did? Out of the Abyss. That's it. Yeah. I think those are the only two Watsi Adventure Paths we did on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's supposed to take you like six months to a year to go through. And it's you like, don't have to make anything up. Yeah, everything's laid out for you. It's like from the, the places they could go, from character level, the like thing you one ran to five, one to ten, whatever. Yeah, the, th- the thing I did was a like a, a... A small adventure path. Yeah, a small adventure path. Usually they take you levels one to 15 or levels one to 20. Yeah. Like, oh, but it doesn't it. have to be that that far. But, but doesn't have to. Yeah. But um, usually, adventure path as opposed to module or adventure means it takes you a long time. Okay, adventure path is more like a campaign. Really. Well, it's like a series I don't, of modules. I don't. Maybe. I don't like it. I like having. Okay, there is something going on. You can go, and there will be. This will continue and, and develop as you interact with it. But you know what? If you would rather just let that play out on its own and go deal with this other thing, you can. Yeah, I don't like. I generally think that. Having an adventure path, because it's so much content, it's unlikely to be interesting to a lot of people over time. Whereas with smaller, more agile approaches... Ugh, don't say that. Sorry, I said it. You can 
get something that is more like what you like rather than what corporate RPG, what big RPG thinks you want, <laughs> which is obviously going to be diluted and lame. I, uh, it possibly, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, f- I feel like, or at least you, I poorly think, edited. I, I feel like you bring yourself to it. I, I, I mean, I, I think it just generates a lot of content that you can you can sort of fit to your needs in a consistent world with consistent characters and a reference book, uh, which is which is something you may make anyways. Just making your own campaign. So here's what I would like, as opposed to adventure path. That implies linearity. I would like... Implies. A campaign framework. Like, how to run this kind of campaign. Sure. I want a campaign where we're stuck behind enemy lines. And then here's a bunch of tools to help you create the stuff you need easily. And some pre-generated stuff to help you do that. If I had the choice between that and stuck behind occupied water deep, I'm going to choose the more general, general one. But those don't exist. Real time. I mean, no. no. <laughs> Wait a second. We are on the last three. Okay. Spelljammer. Ooh. Roll no. Tide. Roll Tide. Mm. Roll Tide. Mm. No. Spelljammer no. is the... Do you know what Spelljammer so. is? No. I don't think so. Spelljammer is D&D in space with spaceships powered by wizards. No, but it's more than that. <laughs> no, that's that's what it is. Roll no, but, Tide. But it, <laughs> No, but it's, but it's not just that. I mean, it, it combines uh, different worlds or different campaigns. Oh, well, it lets you do that. Like, this. so Forgotten Realms could be a planet. Yeah. But if you want to have a space campaign, that sounds great. And the ships could totally be powered by wizards. That sounds awesome. But I mean, as a so when setting, I think of spell... all settings, no, I think that, it's garbage. That's garbage. Yeah. That's a hard gnaw. I just, I can't even make sense of that. So you're talking about like a multiverse kind of... Yes, that's what Spelljammer was made to do. To mm. be a multiverse that connected all the 2E settings. <laughs> it was so very you, two weeks. So you got Ravenloft planet, Dark Sun planet, <laughs> Greyhawk planet, Meta Tour kind of Forgotten Realms planet. Say no to that, but yes to the space. Yes to the sci-fi fantasy kind of wizards in space thing. Yeah, that's really you know basically like Firefly in space. I'm fine with Star Wars. You're fine with if you're fine with wizard spaceships. That counts as Spelljammer to me. It, it could basically time. be like The Expanse, really. Uh, it could be The Expanse. Could okay, be the Expanse. so we're the qualified Roll Tide. I'll go with the Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Tide. Dark but, Sun. But no. Uh, roll yeah, Tide. Yeah, Roll Tide. The little we, the little we played of it and what What's I understand. That? I don't know Dark Sun. Uh, desert, Sorcerer Kings, Low Magic, Insect People. It's really hot. Kind of Mad Max-y. <laughs> yeah, Mad Max with world. a bunch of like okay. morally... Like, pretty much everything is terrible. Yeah. All right. I mean, I don't Yeah, magic is not sorry. common. There are Halflings like are a, cannibals. Like, like, magic is super deadly, but also not common. And, like, the Sorcerer Kings rule, and, like, they're different. The few cities that remain. But perhaps the gods have fled the world. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's no clerics. Yeah. It's praying mantis people. It's great. Yeah, praying mantis people. It's just Sam Harris, the RPG. Like- <laughs> <laughs> Gnomes. No. no. <laughs> Why would she be a no? <laughs> I played a few no. So. <laughs> kind of ironic. Right? I feel uh, like a hypocrite see. for saying it, but I just don't like them. Okay, what about you? Do you have a Do you have an alternative? I don't think he. Gnomes? I don't think he even knows like what a like a dandy gnome is I've like. I've listened to one of Jim's characters as a oh, gnome. Oh God! When when you guys are playing gnomes, you forget about the fact that it's a gnome. So I try to forget about it. Yeah. What does a gnome do? In it's a world? crappy halfling. It's yeah. like an annoying... So, so it's a smaller halfling. It's yeah. an emotionally stunted, intellectually impaired halfling. But they they're super good at mechanical things. Uh, you know, if you've got a world that has a lot of mechanical stuff going on, Mm-mm. maybe. Mm-mm. But Mm-mm. it's just... Mm-mm. I don't know. It's just... That's what humans are for. we got okay. brains. No, oh, yeah. We went to Blingdenstone. No! 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 No, I'm not coming down here anymore. Like, <laughs> like, and like, like so I, I ran that place more than once, and both times uh, I, I would frequently forget their gnomes. Yeah. <laughs> because it's just like, you think about these these little, I don't know, little gnome things, and I, it just, it, it, it's hard to visualize. Make it non-playable, and don't call it a gnome so Daniel can like it. There you go. No, no, I, I think I think you you just go to a place where like tiny things like that are just uh, they they don't have normal human cares or something. Like, I, I don't know. Like, like, like I would be cool with a gnome if he was in a mech. Sure. No. Mech and gnome. Still no. <laughs> Still hard cool. no. I'm cool with gnomes who have uh, red or mechanical hats and ride on foxes. <laughs> mechanical. You mean red hats? <laughs> no, I'm serious. That's the thing. 
no, I like, mean David like, the Gnome. No, it's David the Gnome. Right. What, do they, does he have a red hat? Yeah. He did. That's a D&D monster called a red hat. Well, uh, they got that. Red cap, red cap, red cap. What is David the Gnome? Poor Daniel doesn't know what David the Gnome is. He wrote on a fox. Is he had a pudgy little wife. He's adorable. It was a great, it was a great cartoon. They, they died their little Called red caps. They're like awful. Yeah, and he was a not he was a doctor. I guess he was a doctor, or like a vet. Yeah, but like animals. He's like a veterinarian. He's like a veterinarian. He lived in the woods. They took care of animals. So, no yeah, idea. baby. David's a gnome. They would rub noses. That was like that was like my favorite show, man. <laughs> I've not it, ever it seen this. No. I have no idea what that is. All right, we're gonna, I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna show you. You guys are so old. So, You're like so, one year older than me. So, so in my head, uh, this this is what I pictured a gnome as. Yeah. Uh, this this is my source material. <laughs> this is my appendix in. Did it come on TV or something? Yeah. Yeah. On um, Nickelodeon. Yeah. Are you admitting to being biased? I never saw Nickelodeon. That's probably why. Oh man. Okay. And the last one. Drow. No. Roll Tide. I used to be Roll Tide. I'm not now. Roll Tide and not. And gnaw. But why not? In my world, drow are just elves. There's no difference. Oh, I see. So that's, that really doesn't count. So it doesn't count. It doesn't count. No. So no. But, but, but aren't, aren't drow elves, though? Yeah, yeah, but they're bad elves from underground. They're basically bad racist elves. Yeah. Yeah. Drow? No. No. Roll tide. Roll tide! <laughs> that was a long roll tide or gnaw. Maybe oh, what did you, what, did you, what did you say, Mason? He didn't no. know. No, no. <laughs> so, so, so now it's time for the meta. That was uh, twenty six items. The the, the meta. Uh, was too roll tight or not? Nah, roll tight or not? Nah. We need to do some listener <laughs> questions at some point. That's a great idea. They actually do have people ask us questions that care what we think. Sometimes it's really weird. Uh, yeah, um, if you uh, join our Patreon, Patreon.com/ggnore for one dollar a month, less than a cup of coffee, you can get all of our. Vast benefits, like mostly just chatting with us in Discord. <laughs> what else could you need? And or help with your SSDs in Fortnite. Or SSD, yeah. <laughs> oh, or Destiny Two. Oh, somebody please play Destiny Two. Or Dark Souls, or Bloodborne, or any of the video games we play. Yeah. Uh, you can hang out with us. But yeah, if if you do have questions, dear listener, get in touch with us somehow. G plus our website, ggnorecast.com, our Twitter, ggnorecast. Mm-hmm. We, we, we love your questions, your comments, your critiques. We'll disregard everything idiotic you say and only keep the kernels of truth. We will automatically still man your argument every time. <laughs> <laughs> we will round it up. <laughs> That's I've never heard that. Steel man? That's good. We will like round that. it up. That's... You know, D&D likes to round down. We're going to round up. We'll round it up for you. GG No Ray. All right. Uh, I think that was a rock solid episode. Rock yeah, solid episode. How long? An hour. Goodness sake. It's a lot harder than it looks. <laughs>